Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today on the show, we're talking about demographics. Yes, we are decoding the demographics of the New Zealand property market, and we're going to look at some interesting data to see what the demand for housing is going to be like in the future and how it's going to change. So last week, I was speaking down in Palmerston North, and I was talking to the Manawatu Property Investors Association, and I met a really interesting guy called Shane Story. Now, he's an accountant in Palmerston North and also has a lot to do on the committee for the Manawatu Property Investors Association. And I got chit-chatting with him because he said, look, my pet project is looking at demographic data. And I know what you're all thinking. Oh, what a wonderful guy to have at a party. <laughs> well, that's what I thought. I said, Shane, tell me the story. I want to know. And so he pulls out his phone and he starts showing me birth rates from 21 years ago. Okay, oh, this is very interesting. And so in today's episode, you're going to find out what those birth rates from 21 years ago have to do with the Palmerston North property market. And the really interesting thing is I'd actually already seen a presentation from Shane back at the Property Investors Conference in October last year. Now, you might think, well, Ed, why does all of this matter? Well, let's say that you are a landlord in Palmerston North or Dunedin or Auckland or maybe even Wellington, but you're somebody targeting students. Well, your customer pretty much constantly, is going to be somewhere between 19 and 25 years old. So, you know, they came out of school at 18, they spent a year in the university halls, now it's time for them to go flatting. Well, as a landlord, you probably want to know, well, how many 19-year-olds are there in the country, and is that number going up, or is it going down over the next couple of years? Because that's going to let you know what to expect. You know, Let's say there was a baby boom 19 years ago or 21 years ago, and there are going to be a whole heap more university students over the next coming years. Well, that might give you the confidence to say, well, there's going to be lots of university students because there's lots of 21-year-olds hanging around, so I'm going to have the confidence to go and purchase properties. And actually, if we look at the number of births about 21 years ago, it's been on the decline for the last couple of years. So if I take you back to around about 2011, people stopped having babies at the same rate. I mean, people were still having babies, but the number of births dropped from about 60,000 down to about 54,000, which is where we sit today. And so because there are a few babies being had, there are fewer 21-year-olds hanging around today. Now, why does that matter? Well, it means that there's fewer people who are then going to go to university. There's just not as many people who are that age who are at the life stage where they are ready to go and get their tertiary education. Now, what's that mean? Well, for somebody like Shane, who focuses on student accommodation, it means fewer students hanging around. Now, you might say, well, surely there are 54,000 births 21 years ago. Surely there's still some hanging around. And of course they are. But I was speaking to it who say to me, well, Ed, you know, I'm actually renting some of my student accommodation out to families now because the universities are struggling. There were fewer people having babies 21 years ago. And because of that, that's where I see less demand. But Andrew, if we're looking at a bit of a lull in the number of 21-year-olds in the country at the moment, what's going to happen over the next couple of years? Well, we've seen the graph actually spike. So the number of people having babies 16 years ago, is it actually, there's been a bit of a spike. Now we're at 64,000, was it? We're expecting to get up to 64,000 21-year-olds over the next couple of years. And we're just using the age 21 as a bit of a, a bit of a proxy, we should say, for a university-age student. And you might think, well, why does that happen? Well, because back in 2002, people started having babies again. 
So if we think about it, up to about 2007, people were having a lot of babies right before the economy started to, to go badly with the GFC. So right up to that point, perhaps we're all feeling good about our economic prospects. We're having a lot of babies. Well, in 2028, all of those babies are going to be turning 21. So they're going to be at that age where they're ready to start renting out Shane's properties in Palmerston North <laughs> or other properties in Dunedin if they're ready to go off to university. Whereas if we think about back in 2002, people were not having many babies, probably because there was a bit of a, an economic crisis around that time as well. We were all too worried about the Y2K bug. Yeah. Uh, and so we weren't as confident about having children. And look, there are other factors at play as well. So, you know, obviously having a smaller number of 21-year-olds provides a lower potential pool of tenants for you. So you can take that into consideration. But right now we've got a labour shortage as well. So maybe more Kiwis are deciding, hey, well, actually, I can get quite a lot of money if I go into the workforce rather than go to university. Maybe there are some incentive packages put out there by companies to get some of these 21-year-olds working rather than studying. Maybe that will result in less people going to university. or Maybe because we've just come out of the pandemic lockdown now, these 21-year-olds are thinking, actually, I might go do my OE, because if I go do my OE now, if we have another lockdown, then at least I've done that. So potentially people are going to change the way they behave, and that might also result to a lower potential pool of tenants. Well, of course, we are reading a lot of news stories at the moment showing that universities are struggling, and that is going to flow through to property investors who focus on student housing. And those factors are the ones that are often reported in the media. Oh, labour shortage, everybody's decided to go working. Pandemic, people are going overseas. Those factors are absolutely correct. But the baseline question is how big is your market? If you are targeting students or uh, potentially even an older catchment of the population, we'll talk about that in a minute, the baseline is, well, how big is your market? And of course, just because somebody was born in New Zealand 21 years ago doesn't mean they're still in the country. They might have moved overseas. But it provides you a baseline to work from. And one thing that you're probably not going to read in the papers is, oh, people were having fewer births 21 years ago, and so there's fewer people who are of the age who are ready to go to university now. That's not news because it happened 21 years ago. So if I was entering the student housing market at the moment, you might be scared off because you think, oh, well, the universities aren't doing very well. But what you should be comforted by is, well, over the next five years, the number of university students is going to increase by about 19%, or the number of people who could potentially go to university is going to increase by roughly about 19%. So you should feel, you know, okay about your, about your prospects. But there is another type of investor who might decide to use this type of analysis. And Andrew, what sort of people are they? So, I mean, this, I guess, applies to anyone who is targeting a specific age of tenants. So, again, if you've got someone with over 60s units where you have to tenant it to someone or the property has to be lived in by someone who's over the age of 60 years old, or you've got a retirement village as a, as a rental property or you're investing in one of these kind of retirement villages, maybe then you need to be thinking about, well, what what is the potential catchment of those prospective tenants. So how many people were born 65 years ago or 60 years ago? So you could use this if you're evaluating any potential investment that has something like this, even if you're targeting young professionals. So you might say, you know, my average tenant for this apartment in Auckland is probably about 32 years old. Well, are those numbers increasing or are they decreasing based on how many babies were, were people having 32 years ago. And there's a really easy way to get this data. You just jump on Stats New Zealand, Stats NZ, 
And if you go to their info share tool, you're looking for birthing rates. Uh, it's pretty easy to find. But you know, I mean, why is it not on Data Hub? The Opus Partners Data Hub. No, it's not currently. Maybe, maybe I should look to do it. But there's actually another very useful tool on StatsNZ that I use all the time. It sounds simple, but they've got a live chat tool. And so between nine to five, they've got somebody sitting there and you just tell them what you're looking for and they'll find you the link to go. Do, I do it all the time. How it's long like, does it take? Oh, five minutes. Usually. Yeah. I mean, how many people are on StatsNZ's website? <laughs> just you and Tony Alexander. Well, I, I must admit, like, I feel like I know my way around StatsNZ pretty well, but sometimes you're like, I don't actually know where this is. So you just jump on there, have a wee chit chat with them. They are amazing. So if we look at the other end of the spectrum, how many people were born 65 years ago, Andrew, and what's happening to the number? Okay, so the number of people who are turning 65 years old this year is 60,000, and that's been a steady increase for, it looks like, the last 10 years from there, right? So this is where people talk a lot about the ageing population. So over the last 20 years, the number of people turning 65 has gone from about 30,000 up to about 60,000. And again, just because somebody was born in New Zealand 65 years ago doesn't mean they're still alive today. And it also doesn't mean, well, it sounds harsh, but it is true. <laughs> but it also doesn't mean that they're, they're in New Zealand, they could have moved overseas, but it provides you a baseline to work from. And if you think, well, it's gone from 30,000 to 60,000 really quickly in terms of the number of people turning 65, that puts some real pressure both on superannuation, but it also puts pressure on anybody who is targeting people who are 65. So if you think about council houses at the moment, there are some councils, and I, I know Wellington City does this, they've got accommodation provided by the council for older people. I've recently read articles suggesting that the demand for that sort of housing is really high. Well, it's not just because of the cost of living. It's not just because people aren't saving enough for retirement. It's also that the number of people who are turning 65 and now need that sort of assistance has increased dramatically. And so the number of people who had babies 65 years ago is giving us a clue about what's going to happen today. And Andrew, what's going to happen to the number of people who are turning 65 in New Zealand? It's so, quite interesting. Yeah, so we haven't actually hit the peak of the baby boomers yet. I think it happens in 2036 from memory, is that right? About 2026 by these numbers. Okay, 2026. So the bulk of baby boomers will turn 65 at that stage. So again, you're going to have a massive number of people who have entered retirement but then the number starts to drop off quite a bit. So it looks like the baby boom kind of finished. By 2036, most of them will have come through. The peak is, is, a, is about a decade earlier, but there's still lots and lots of baby boomers turning 65 over the next 15 years. But then it starts to drop away. And in fact, it gets down to, I think, roughly about 50,000. And so during that period, if we think about what's going to happen in 13 years into the future, well, if you were targeting people who were 65 years old or around that age, the pool of potential people who are going to rent of you is actually going to start to decrease. Well, that's based on not necessarily if people are living longer, though. Well, the question is, at what point do they move into retirement villages? It depends on what you're targeting. So if you were targeting people who are between 65 and 75, at some point that is going to drop away. You can make the data say whatever you want it to say in terms of the specific age range, but there will be a decline in the number of people turning 65 in about 13 years. And it's very, very predictable. We can see that it's going to happen. I mean, so if you were investing today, you'd probably say, sweet, I could happily target these 65-year-olds all day long for the next 13 years, mm. but I'm going to sell my house before we start to go through that decline. So if you produce cake candles with 65 on them, maybe slow that down in 13 years. Well, I think the other thing is you might feel really good about investing in student housing today because the number of students is going to increase over the next five years. Yes. 
but it's going to drop away in about eight years. So maybe you invest today, hold it for eight years, then potentially you sell it before the number of students start to go away. I'm not saying everybody should do this, but it's an interesting piece of analysis if you are investing in a type of property that targets a specific type of person. And Andrew, how else might somebody use this sort of data? Well, if you're a developer and you think, right, I'm going to build a whole bunch of over 60s units or, or, or properties that are going to be suitable for some of these 65-year-olds that are going to want to, a place to stay for the next 10 years, you might think about how you design the house. So you're probably going to do more single-level properties. You have fewer steps or fewer stairs inside, larger light switches. I remember we did an episode on that. And remember higher toilet seats or something like that? Bigger showers, having walk-in showers so that you've got the ability to, you know, have someone assist you with the shower. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it, being 65? Well, no, the (laughs) other thing, though, is you might take a walker into the shower, depending on how old you get. You might think about not having to to get up over a step, not having so many steps in your properties. So, look, if I was a developer building properties, I wouldn't discount the idea of trying to target people who are 65 because – At some point, these sorts of people will have to move out of their family homes if they are no longer suitable, if there are lots of steps, if there are lots of tight spaces or you can't get into the shower, all of those things. Because once you hit 65, I know for a fact some of my family who are a little bit older, not 65, but even a little bit younger than that, are thinking about, well, what sort of property am I going to need for the next 30 years? Well, it's probably going to be a different type of property that I live in today because it needs to be more suitable once you've got more limited mobility. So if I was a developer, I probably wouldn't just be building three-story, two-bedroom townhouses. I'd probably also be thinking about, well, can I build something that's single level? Because there are going to be a lot of older people who are selling their bigger houses, their bigger family homes that they've owned for 20, 30 years, You know, they're cashed up now and they're looking for something that's going to be appropriate for them to move into, perhaps even before they eventually get into a retirement village. So maybe a bit of an opportunity there, but it all comes down to, can we use data about how many people were born 65 years ago or 18 years ago or 21 years ago to get an insight about what is going to happen today over the next couple of years? Right, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. Listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Steve McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. We're going to be back here tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most out of the new sale of property market. Until next time.